What's up, everybody? Good morning, good evening, or good day. Whenever you're watching this uh, or listening to this podcast uh, for this week, this is episode 171 of TLDR Podcast. The MLB World Series is about to be decided. Well, not the World Series, but the World Series matchup is about to be decided in the next uh, hour, maybe. Uh, NBA is one game in, at least. If not, I don't know. if, And I think the second game started. And uh, Week 7 is in the books in the NFL. Um, All the sports are going right now. And today, the NHL had its first Red Zone-esque broadcast of of its, I guess, existence. And it was awesome. I really enjoyed that. Um, But first, let's talk to the boys before we get into all of their stuff that's going on, um, you know, all over the sports world. Um, first off, Tyler, what a baseball, uh, LCS it's been. Absolutely. I mean, we've gotten two game sevens. I mean, that's a, that's a baseball fans dream, especially this late in the postseason. Um, it's, it's super fun to watch. I mean, huge credit to the Arizona Diamondbacks for just making this an incredible series. It looked like after two games, this was going to be maybe a four or five game series and they push it to seven and they're leading here late in, in game seven. Um, well, I guess we'll kind of talk and wrap that game up when we get closer. Hopefully it does wrap up by the time uh, we get to my segment a little bit later, but I mean, you gotta love it, man. You you gotta love October baseball. Both both those uh, last two games with the with the Texas series were very entertaining. Gotta love it, man. It's a it's a great time to be a, be a baseball fan right now. Absolutely. Um, you know, I I tout parody in the NHL. The MLB probably has more parody than the NHL. I mean, it's right. it, it never ceases to amaze me how many different matchups we get every single freaking year. Every someone's new every time. Um, and it's never the usual suspects. And we got to love that. Uh, James week sevens in the books, tough Monday night football game. It made me very cranky. I'm sure it made you cranky. Um, how are you doing, man? Uh, I was sick. I still kind of am sick. And if you know me, I'm a bitch when it comes to getting sick. Like I hate it. I'm not good with it. I bitch and I moan and I cry. That's, that's me when I'm sick. So if I sound snotty, that's the reason why. Also, um, outside of the Mariners losing, Monday wasn't great because Alex's team was freaking dominating me in every single fantasy sport imaginable. He beat me in football in the main league. His hockey team beat me, dominated me absolutely. And then currently, I think I'm down like 120 to 10 in fantasy basketball against Alex. <laughs> so here we are, folks. Alex is the fantasy goat of the week. Alex is a fantasy goat seemingly in everything every single year. Um, fantasy... I, I'm I'm almost over it. Um, I, <laughs> I I fucking hate it, um, and I don't even know why I do it anymore. But here I am, um, Alex. Um, the NBA started. How you feeling? You know, it, I know we only got two games on the slate, but you know, it's going to be a good season. Yeah, uh, I'm very excited. The NBA started. I really wish basketball did what baseball has done in the most recent years and have everyone start on the same day. I, I I know that they want all the eyes on these big matchups that are happening tonight, which is great. But like, I don't know. It's always fun when everyone kind of starts on the same on the same day. But um, yeah, I'm doing well. Um, one of my favorite things in life is beating James at fantasy anything. So uh, yeah, good weekend and um, yeah, excited basketball's back. Yeah, it. Uh, I I would think that's would be a great opportunity to have everyone playing. In fact, the NHL has everybody playing today. Um, I, I, this is like the worst time, the worst day they could have picked um, with a game seven. I mean, I guess they couldn't have guessed the game seven, but the NBA starts. No one gives a shit about hockey. Once the NBA starts, the only thing they don't have to compete against is football, which, okay, that's, that's good. <laughs> but uh, why don't we just take it right back to you, Alex? Um, you know, we have one more division. 
And I don't think any of them played today. So this actually is perfect. So take it away. Yes, I actually didn't do this part on purpose, but I did do the math. So I would end on the same day the, the season started. So yes, season has started, but none of the teams that we're discussing today have started their season. So it all kind of works out. The final one, the Southwest, potentially the most lackluster uh, division, I would say comparatively, especially after Pacific last week where all the teams made the playoffs. In this one, only one team made the playoffs. So a little bit of a bummer, but that's okay. Uh, We are starting off with the San Antonio Spurs who went 22 and 60 last year. I didn't even know they were able to be that bad. Uh, (laughs) They obviously missed the playoffs, Ty Ty. Uh, who they lost is Keita Bates-Diop. I, honest to God, have no idea who that is. Uh, they gained C.D. Osman, and more importantly, they gained the Connor Bedard of the NBA draft, Victor Wembanyama. Uh, if you don't know who he is, where you been? Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Tyler, expectations for Wemby and the Spurs coming into the season? Yeah, obviously, getting a generational talent like Wembanyama is as a a huge boost to a franchise that you know is used to winning. I think you know they've you know I've been going through this rebuild there. I believe it's now five seasons in a row they have missed the uh, the uh, playoffs. Um, so this 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 fan base and this team is itching to get back. Now, obviously, you know you draft uh, women Yama, but this is still a very young team that's still trying to figure out how to get back into those that that, that postseason. Um, they have fourteen players on their team are are, are twenty five. Um, years old or younger. Um, so it's still a very young team still trying to figure out, but it's very exciting. I think you'll see him take a step forward this year. Um, it'll be interesting to see how uh, w- women Yama will play on the biggest stage. Um, I mean, I'm excited for this team. I, I, I think there's a lot to look forward to. Obviously, they're not anywhere close to being contenders yet, um, but certainly you'll see glimpses and flashes of what's to come for the Spurs future. And, you know, if, if, if things look good, they, I mean, they got Greg uh, Popovich still, which obviously he's had, he's had a lot of success longest tenure coach in the, in the NBA um, to kind of, you know, get this team back to uh, a, 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 a contending spot. So I don't know. I think maybe if women Yama can stay healthy and maybe if things click, they're, they may be flirting with a with a with a play in tournament spot. Um, I definitely think that that that's possible. Um, but it's going to take a lot of things to go right for 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 the Spurs. But not a lot of expectations win wise, but certainly expectations in terms of potential this year for for the the Spurs. Yeah, obviously a lot of expectations slash pressure on Wemby. Um, you know, he's the most the highest touted prospect since LeBron James. So pretty much in the last two decades. Um, but yeah, if you're going to have one coach, you want to lead somebody like that. It's Greg Popovich. I mean, he is the most successful, you know, current NBA head coach, um, you know, probably only really rivaled by Steve Kerr. Um, and I don't, Tyler, I think you're maybe overstepping on a potential plan. Just going to be honest with you there. Um, but I do think this is a season for, for growth for the Spurs. You want to see how this all works. You know, uh, I'm a little, we talked about this a while ago, but I'm a little surprised Popovich is still around, um, you know, kind of toiling through these rebuilding seasons. You would have felt like maybe he would have, this was the time to step away, but here we are. Um, Tyler Vegas, on the other hand, uh, does not agree with your potential, uh, <laughs> play in tournament. They have the Spurs over at 28 and a half wins. They had 22 last year. So over under 28 and a half. I'm going to go over. I think they'll flirt with 30. Okay. Uh, Trade in. What do you think? Yeah, um, I'm taking over, but no chance to make playoffs. 
Okay. Uh, James is giggling, so I'm assuming he's taking the under. No, I'm taking the over, too. Oh. But I'm giggling at the fact that Tyler said flirt with play in and then said 30 wins. Those do not compute. Yeah. That math, that math doesn't work. We have we have told you guys probably 17 million times. We're not a math pod. Okay. We no. can't, we can't do it. I'm also gonna take the over. Um, I think this team can take a step in the right direction. Obviously, if Wemby gets hurt or something like that, that would be uh quite the problem. But San Antonio Spurs on the up and up, uh, just don't expect a playoff spot this year or a play in Tyler. Um, moving to their in-state rival, the Houston Rockets. They are also went 22 and 60 last year, which also means they missed the playoffs. If you guys didn't figure that out, they lost DJ Augustine, uh, Josh Christopher, Frank Kaminsky, KJ Martin, Kevin Porter Jr. They gained James's favorite player, Dylan Brooks, Reggie Bullock, Jeff Green, Victor Oladipo, uh, Amon Thompson with the number four overall pick, Fred Van Fleet from Traden's favorite team, the Toronto Raptors, Cam Whitmore, the number 20 overall pick, and most importantly, they re-signed Boban Marjanovic. That's the only thing that is matters. No, I'm just kidding. James, uh, the Rockets are starting their rebuild. This is kind of the, you know, they, they shelled some money out. We talked extensively about that four-year, $80 million deal Fred Van Fleet got. I mean, uh, Dylan Brooks got Van Fleet got way more money than that. Um, but how much can Brooks and Van Fleet and some of those other, um, you know, veterans kind of help change, change the culture in that kind of lowly rockets franchise of the last half a decade or so. I mean, for Jeff Green, I said, yeah, like a decent amount, but I don't understand why you bring in vets like Dylan Brooks and vets like Fred to be in there and be your leadership group. I mean, Fred's a great player. Don't get me wrong. He's fantastic. But he's never struck me as the superstar, superstar. Like the guy, like the guy I think of when I think of Toronto, for example. When I thought of Toronto, I thought of Kawhi. And then I thought of freaking uh, the other guy that I can't remember. They're that bad. Like, I don't, I don't remember his name. Pascal Siakam. I, I think of him. I didn't think of Fred. He was never the guy that you needed to look up to to be top by. Like, he was, he's not, he was never really a top 15 player in the league. So why are you paying him like one? And why are you bringing him to mentor a team that is young and unproven and immature? Dylan Brooks, like, what? You don't want him to mentor anybody. You don't want him to go down to the Boys and Girls Club and mentor those seven-year-old kids. Why Why would you bring him to do this to multimillionaires who don't know what to do with their money? That's a terrible idea. He's setting a terrible precedent. He's just going to handle this team. I don't understand why they brought him on. Jeff Green is a role player, but a good one. And he's he's... I think he can fit that leadership role, but because these kids are so young and he's not a superstar, I don't know if they're going to respect him all that much. I don't understand these acquisitions. I don't understand these, these signings don't make sense to me. So I don't, I don't like it, honestly. I mean, we talked about that when Fred Van Fleet signed his deal. It's three years, however much money it is. And I remember we talked about it. We're like, are the Rockets even going to make the playoffs in his three-year deal? And the I feel like the overall consensus was Eh, probably not like maybe squeaking in in that last year. So I kind of agree with that. Um, the Rockets honestly had money to burn um, and you have to spend some money in the NBA. You can't be the Oakland A's. That's not really how it works. Um, so they had to spend some money. It's tough when you're still, you know, two to three to four years away from really, really competing. Um, but at least they're, at least they're trying to make the right steps. We maybe not agree with the steps, but they're taking them. Um, it may be a two steps forward, one step back type of situation, but, um, 
James, the Vegas people, whoever they are, uh, think the Rockets will have taken a step forward. 31 and a half. So that's almost a 10-win uptick for the Houston Rockets. Uh, over under 31 and a half. Under 28. Yeah, that's pretty tough. Ty? Under. Trading. Big sad. Big sad. I'm also going to take the under. I think they I think they are a better team than San Antonio. Um, obviously, it all kind of depends on Wemby with San Antonio. But yeah, those Texas teams are, are brutal um, at the moment. But uh, we'll kind of see how it goes. Speaking of Texas, one more. All, the, all, all three Texas teams were shit last year. Uh, Tyler, the Dallas Mavericks went 38 and 44. They also missed the playoffs. They tanked hard at the end of the season, uh, mostly to protect their, their draft picks um, after they kind of figured out that like, oh, this isn't working. Uh, so they lost Davis Bertans, Reggie Bullock, Justin Holiday, JaVale McGee, uh, Frank McKinta, and Christian Wood. They gained Seth Curry. Seth, not Steph, obviously. Uh, Dante Exum, Rashawn Holmes, uh, Derek Lively, the second with the number 12 overall pick, and Olivier Maxence Prosper, the number 24 overall pick, Grant Williams, and they re signed Kyrie, Markeith Morris, and Dwight Powell. Ty, with a full offseason of Luca and Kyrie and a full then regular season, you know, do you expect Dallas to be a much more competitive team this year or will will their defense still be so bad? It won't matter. That's a great question. I think, you know, I think the biggest concern with Dallas is the chemistry because with this, especially with, you know, the, that Kyrie Luca one, two punch, it did not go well at the end of last season. So what have they done? What can they do to make that work? Um, Two of those guys initially strike me as guys that are willing to make that kind of sacrifice to make things work. But maybe they had a little kumbaya off-season moment and maybe they can figure something out. Um, but we'll, we'll have to see. For me, it's kind of prove it because I don't really trust those guys to kind of really come together as a team and to make this team work. But obviously on the talent and on the roster, it's a, it's a pretty solid team. Um, whether or not that, that'll actually happen... Super up in the air. So th- this to me is a very intriguing team heading into the season because I think it go one of two ways. I think they could definitely be a playoff team, or they're gonna just absolutely, you know, shit the bed and things are gonna go real bad in um, Dallas. So um, it, it's it's gonna be one of the two, um, and I really don't know what, what what's gonna be, but it really comes down to chemistry and can uh, Jason Kidd get these this team to work this this team to work as a team. Um, that, that, that's really what it comes down to. Um, and it's going to start with uh, Luca at the top. You know, is he going to be able to lead this team and, 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 and be a true leader? I don't know if he can. Um, tr- a, tr- a tremendous basketball talent. I don't know if he's the guy to lead a team to success, but we will see what happens. Do you think that Luca ever calls Kopitar and says, hey, how do you lead a team? Because they're both from Slovenia. So I've just assumed they're best friends. I mean, if Luca was smart, he would, because obviously Kopi's been there and done that. Um, but yeah, obviously that's a very small country. So they have to they they have to know each other, right? Yeah, that's the only logical explanation. He's yeah. stoic and we know he's not. So <laughs> yeah, they're, they're potentially the two most different like type of people. I mean, not that yeah. we know personally, but just from what we see. Um yeah, the the Dallas Mavericks are one of those teams where you're right, Tyler. It can go if it goes well, it can go very well. If it goes poorly, it can go very poorly. Kyrie, obviously, over the last four years, has been really up and down, a big question mark. 
you know, within the locker room, is it a positive? Is it a negative? Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? If they're five games under 500, you know, 30 games into the season, is he getting, is he demanding to be traded again? Who knows? Um, I, I think, I think that Dallas could still be better than they were last year. I don't expect them to just fall apart, fall apart like they did last year. But I also agree with you, Tyler, where Luca and Kyrie do not seem to be those types of people to be able to work well in a team. We, we will see. We've talked about Luca and the fit with him probably 12 million times. So this is kind of like almost like a make it or break it year for them a little bit or they just reset again. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, Dallas will be really interesting moving forward. Again, they won Tyler. They won 38 games last year. They have them over under 44 and a half, which is probably a five to six to five through nine ish seed, depending on how things go. Uh, so do you have them over under 44 and a half? I feel like it's a really good line. It is a very good line. I'm going to be slightly optimistic and I'm going to go over. I think they'll be slightly over that mark and be, uh, and be a, and be a playoff team this year. Okay. Uh, traded. What do you think? 44 and a half. Uh, I, under, I hate Luca. Okay. <laughs> uh, James, what do you think? Uh, I agree with Tyler, uh, over. Okay. I'm going to take the under. I'm not, I still think they can be a playoff team or a play in team. I'm just not convinced they're quite that good. Um, but we will, I guess we'll see. Um, moving on to the Nolans, uh, Pelicans, they went 42 and 40 and lost in the play in tournament. Uh, they lost Jackson Hayes, Josh Richardson, and Garrett Temple. They gained Jordan Hawkins, number 14 overall pick, and Cody Zeller. And then they re signed Herb Jones. Uh, training the New Orleans Pelicans were, uh, like number two seed for a good portion of the season. And then Zion got hurt again. And then they fell into the play in tournament and didn't go very far. Is it as simple as the Pelicans will go as Zion goes, or do you expect them to be at least a little more steady and less peaks and valleys? No, that is hundred percent. Is Zion going to play? <laughs> so I think a more fun step for you to do, Alex, um, I know you're going to do the wins after this, Let's do an over-under how many games Zion Williams in place. That's a good one. If he plays 65 games plus, they're going to be a playoff team. They're going to be very good. They're going to be a team that you need to watch out for. He's not going to. He has played 114 games in his career. He has only been close to 65 once, and it was at 61, which was like two years ago. He hasn't even got over 30 games and by the way, there are 82 games in an NBA season. He can't even play half a season. And the the Pelicans are mediocre at best without him. Um, so I'm going to say Zion does not even get close to 65 because it's Zion Williamson. But I mean, unless something changed, which we think every year, oh, think something's going to change and it's not going to. Uh, yeah, they're going to be mediocre at best. And here we are. We're going to sit with a team that maybe makes the play in because I think they're okay enough to, I mean, look, you can have what 40, you could actually be less than 500 to make the playoffs according to, <laughs> according to the new plan. So yeah, you're going to flirt with the playoff spot. They made the, um, they were in the plane last year and then they got ousted. I don't know. Um, it's all going to depend on whether you know, whether, uh, Zion Williamson's there. I mean, I don't hate the team behind him. It's just not world beating. And that's, that's all there is to it. If he plays 41, he plays exactly half the games. 
Are they a six seed? Are they a six seed? You know, I, 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 part of me would say yes, but then you look at everyone ahead of them. And I mean, I don't know where the Grizzlies are going to be, but, uh, and we'll talk about them, but everyone ahead of them is going to be making a step. Oklahoma City, we talked about them last week, are going to make a step. We, there has to be losses where the wins were like, we have wins here that has to be losses somewhere else. And unless you have at least 50 plus games, no, you are going to be a playing tournament or playing team at best. Yeah. Uh, I think we are as a collective group, not very good at thinking about the positive. We're, we're good at thinking about the positives as the season start, but then the math again, not a math pod. The math doesn't work where everyone can go over. <laughs> I don't think we're all very good at doing that, which is fine. But yeah, it, it really is for the Pelicans. Is as Zion goes, they go. Not that they don't have talent because they definitely do, but they're gonna need. They need him and the you know with his ability to drive to the basket and then the rest of their shooters and everything else. That is really how they can succeed. It is all about health. Um, you know, it's kind of like the Clippers where we won't, we don't expect it until you do it because why would we trust that you can stay healthy? Um, and that's unfortunate because Zion is a really fun player to watch, but if he can't stay healthy, he can't stay healthy. Um, so for the Pelicans, they open also at 44 and a half. So the same as the Mavericks um, trading again, they won 42 last year. So they have them two and a half games up on that. Uh, over under 44 and a half on the Falcons. I got, I already talked about it. I got to take the under here. Okay. I like that. James positive, little sad, big sad, big happy. We never talked about big happy. Uh, cause they're not going to go big happy. Maybe a little, happy. <laughs> little happy, a tiny happy. Okay. Tyler, big happy, little happy, little sad, big sad. I don't know why we're doing this. <laughs> little sad under. Oh, uh, okay. What have I gone? I've gone over, under, under, over. Math. <laughs> All right. I honestly have no idea with them. That feels like a pretty good line. Um, I want to believe, I'm just going to believe in health this year because it's better when the star players are healthy. That's just how it works. All right. Moving on to the last team in the Southwest. And then we have a little bit extra this week. Uh, the Memphis Grizzly James went 51 and 31, lost in the first round to the Lakers. They lost, as we already talked about, your best friend, Dylan Brooks and Ty Jones and technically John Morant for the first 25 games of the season. They gained Derrick Rose, Marcus Smart, and a huge trade we've already discussed 12 million times. Um, they also re-signed Desmond Bain. Not that he was really going anywhere. Uh, so James, obviously Morant being out is part of the big story of this Grizzlies team. But with Desmond Bain, Steven Adams, Jaron Jackson Jr., Marcus Smart, other, you know, other guys on that team, they still feel like a very good team, but what do you think the Grizzlies need to do as they wait for Jaw to come back? Do they just need to tread water, or do you still kind of see them as a potential top seed in the West? Uh, I don't know if tread water is the right word, right term there, but they actually do pretty decently without John Moran. Like John Moran missed a decent amount of, amount of last year. Yeah. One game's one. It's not like he's like LeBron to the Cavs, right? Like when LeBron was on the Cavs, if LeBron didn't play, it was an automatic L. Here, Jaw doesn't play, it's okay. You still got a really good supporting cast around you. And with Dylan Brooks gone, that's a lot better. You took a win by losing him. Addition by subtraction. It's amazing. And I mean, honestly, like their additions of Derek Rose and Marcus Smart, I think that's the leadership they need. 
Because as you mentioned, Steven Adams is there, but Steven Adams is out for the entire season. He, injury, like he had surgery, he's done for the season. He's not playing at all. But bringing in somebody like Derek Rose, who has been an MVP type player, who has been an all-star and has the poten- had the potential of losing it all and knowing what that feels like, is a good perspective to bring these young guys and show them like, hey guys, like this isn't, this isn't given. Like every day, you've got to come in here and work your best because the next day it might all be gone. Like that, that kind of perspective that really brings the team together and will help people grow, it's going to be great. And also just Marcus Smart bringing his tenacity and art and his love for basketball. I think this team got better. They don't necessarily need John Moran to be that 51-win team. They do need him for like the playoff push and everything, but they can do well without it. They've shown it before. Yeah, the thank you for the Steven Adams things. I totally forgot about that. Um, yeah, Marcus Smart brings just as good, if not better defense than Dylan Brooks and just a whole bunch more in the personality and team chemistry side. And yeah, Derek Rose, he even said it. He's not, he didn't, he's not coming in to replace jaw. He's here to teach him. And Derek Rose is definitely one of those guys who can do that. So, uh, yeah, James, good job on the Grizzlies. I really think that, you know, without them, without him, he can, he can, they'll be fine. Desmond Bain can even take another step forward. Um, you know, like all-star level type player. So, um, Vegas on the other hand, James is a little, I would say iffy on the warrior or on the Warriors on the Grizzlies. Um, again, they won 51 games last year and this year they have them opening at 46 and a half, uh, over under over big, over big, happy, big, happy Tyler, 46 and a half. I'll go over for the Grizz on that line. All right. Trading. I'm going over and it's going to be fun watching jaw not look like an asshole. <laughs> One we can hope. I like the positives. I, I, I want, want to see him. I want to see him play basketball. Yeah, same. He is one of the most fun guys to watch play. Um, I'm also going to take the over, um, which means we are officially done with all the teams. We've talked about them all. Um, go back and listen to the ones if you haven't heard those ones yet. But just like last year, we're going to pick our, now that the season has started and we've discussed all the teams, we're going to pick our East champs, our West champs, and our overall champions. And then we have one more tiny little thing that we'll do really quick after that. James, I feel like we have to start with you as, let's, let's put it lightly, you struggled a little bit last year in this department. Yeah, I picked uh, the Mavericks. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, James. So who is, who's winning the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference and who is your champ? Cavs, Lakers, Lakers. Cavs, Lakers, Lakers. I did not expect that, but <laughs> I like it. Tyler, same question. I'm going to go Lakers as well from the West, from the East. This is really tough, but I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks and then got to go Lake Show. Okay. Bucks, your Bucks ride or die. Yeah, I go Bucks every year. <laughs> you really do. It's, it's got to hit one of these years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Traded East, West champs. I'm going to say Celtics in the East. I'm just going to throw out. I'm going to say Suns in the West and the Suns are actually going to win it. Okay. I have uh, no reason why. <laughs> Honestly, at this point, who knows? Um, I'm also going to go the Celtics. I uh, I want to pick the Lakers, but I'm not going to. I'm going to pick the Nuggets. Uh, but I'm going to have the Celtics winning it all this year. I don't like any of those. Brutal. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Okay. And then one last thing, very quickly, just like Tyler does uh, with his 
um, series picks. We're going to do marquee matchups, um, and we're going to keep track and see how the boys do uh, at the end of the season. Um, we'll probably put money on it, James, so don't you worry. We will discuss yes. this later because uh, I haven't thought about how we're going to do it yet. Uh, okay, so trade, and I sent them to you guys earlier today, but just really quick, Celtics at Knicks. Uh, Celtics at Knicks. I'm taking the New York Knicks here. Okay. Uh, Ty, same question. I will also go Knicks here. All right. James? Uh, uh, Boston, guys? Like, <laughs> no, yeah. I, I got Boston. Okay. I'm also taking the Celtics as I just picked them to win the whole thing. So I feel like that's a good idea to start that way. Um, 76ers at Bucks. Tyler? Bucks, baby. Okay. Uh, James? Definitely the Bucks. Uh, trading? Yeah, Bucks here. Okay. Well, I'm going to be different to try to get an early lead. Somehow, <laughs> we're going to go really poorly. Uh, and then finally, trade in uh, Nuggets at Grizzlies. Um, I'm actually going to... You know what? I'm going to say Grizzlies. I don't think the Nuggets will be on a hangover. Okay. Uh, James? Nuggets just smacked the Lakers, so the Grizzlies. Okay. <laughs> uh, Ty? Nug Nugs. Nug Nugs. Okay, I think they should change their name to officially the Nug Nugs. I agree. Uh, yeah, the Nuggets look really good again. So I'm going to pick the Nuggets again uh, to win that one. Uh, I'll probably host next week. So we probably won't talk basketball in two weeks. So trading again, thank you so much for hosting a shit ton times in a row so I can get this done. Appreciate it. But that's it. The NBA, we've talked about all the teams. The season has started. Let's let's just do it. Let's just do it. Um, it's my pleasure to do that. Uh, we, we, you know, we, we take care of the podcast, take care of all the segments. We all got to get to what we need to get to. So, um, I, I do like the marquee matchups. I'm doing it. I'm going to do that next, uh, myself. So Tyler, I, you just started a trend. Great job. buddy. You're (laughs) welcome. Um, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to go back to the NFL for waiver wires with James. Welcome back. We are going into week eight in the NFL. Not quite like we're in the almost mid halfway through the season, which is kind of insane. Like we're 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 getting close um, to to that halfway point. James, you're gonna help it, help everybody with your waiver wires once again. Um, I, frankly, I mean, I need every all help I can get, but it doesn't seem to matter because every decision I make turns to shit. So, um, take it away. So pretty much, don't do what Trayden does because that's the wrong answer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fantasy this year has been weird guys like sometimes you go way 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 over like Alex said and score 250 points sometimes you don't even break 70 it's been a weird weird year there's no consistency whatsoever but for our fantasy teams our fantasy league this year Alex and Tyler are tied for first I'm in fourth Traden and Mike are in a four-way tie for fifth very fun stuff teams on by this week there are none so this is really for people who are underperforming or have injuries my quarterback pick of the week Gardner Minshew the third, first of his name from Indianapolis. 3.6% rostered, 27.1 points against the Browns. 15 for 23, 305 yards and two touchdowns. He also added three carries to 29 yards and two touchdowns. Anthony Richardson is out for the season, so that QB position belongs to Minshew and is going to be Minshew's for the rest of the year. He did have four turnovers against the Browns, but he still put up 27.1 fantasy points. What does that tell you? Three of the four turnovers were fumbles there. And that's not going to happen every single time because he's not going to fumble every single time he carries the ball. He honestly looks like he has a lot more control of this offense. 
300 plus yards passing the last two games says so. And also JT is looking a lot like his old self. And whenever that happens, you're going to open up a lot of passing lanes with play action pass. Chayden, what do you think? I Look, I know Gardner Minshew has, has his issues. I mean, we saw that last week, but this past week, he, even though he didn't probably deserve all those fantasy points, he got the fantasy points. So that's all that matters. Um, what's interesting, what's an interesting stat of, of out of 70 players with at least five games uh, behind center, he ranks second in passing yards per start behind Patrick Mahomes. That's kind of insane <laughs> since 2022. Um, that, I mean, that stat alone is, it, it just shows that he actually has big, bo- like he has opportunity for big booms. Now the lows are going to be there. I mean, we saw that la- uh, last week and that's a risk, but I think if you can stomach that, you're going to, ha- you're going to have a pretty good time here with, uh, w- with Gardner Mitchell. The, th- the, the thing that the Colts have going for them is after this week against the saints, pretty easy schedule. I mean, you, you look at it ahead. He has an opportunity to, to, to throw. And also he, he, he does move the ball with his feet, just, you know, very similar to a Jalen Hurts style. And we know Jalen Hurts is a, is a fantasy darling. So, um, you know, if you can stomach the lows, he can get you big points in, in, in time to need. Tyler, why do you hate him? Uh, because there's this other guy that I like just a little bit better. Uh, I'm going to go with Desmond Ritter of the Atlanta Falcons here for week eight. Um, in four of seven weeks, uh, so far this season, he's put up 13 plus fantasy points in two of those weeks. He's put up 20 plus 20 plus for a quarterback. I would consider pretty solid. Now, obviously the consistency is not there. Turnovers are a problem for Desmond Ritter, uh, but still kind of a young quarterback. You know, looking into week eight, they're playing the, t- the, the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are tied in last for the NFL for defensive takeaways. So you got a guy that struggles with turnovers, playing a team that doesn't turn the ball over a whole lot on, on defense. I think I like this matchup a little bit. A really good boom potential for Desmond Ritter in week eight. Take a look. Take a look. And I'm really glad you brought up the Falcons because I hate the Falcons. Little tangent here. How do you run Bijan Robinson one time? <laughs> what the sick, hell? Man. He's sick. He had a headache. You can run if you can run the ball one time. You can run it more than one time. Eighth overall pick. Come on, guys. The, I, the amount dumb. of memes that came out over this whole thing, and it just like guys, I I I, I want to continue this tangent. I was sitting, you know, to the side where I always sit for fantasy or for um, Sunday football, and James is sitting on the bar stool watching the game. He he was so fucking cranky for four hours, guys. It was so <laughs> fucking hilarious. He's he's sick, so that doesn't help. And then he finds out that Bijan is sick and he's not going to take any snaps. Oh, and uh, it was just fun to just continue to poke the bear there. <laughs> that was atrocious, and I hated that. And then I lost to Alex. So there you have it, folks. Fantasy football sucked this week. Moving on running back. <laughs> <laughs> Deontay Foreman out of Chicago. 42.8% rostered, 33 points against the Las Vegas Raiders. 16 carries for 80 yards and two touchdowns, three receptions for 31 yards and a touchdown. It's honestly so surprising to have him up here because I've never thought of this guy before in my life, but now I did. Uh, Bears are a rushing team. They always will be. They always have been. They're going to continue to do so for the rest of the time. And it does not matter who the quarterback is because they're going to run the ball no matter what. It still looks like Foreman's going to be the running back one next week because the uh, Roshan Johnson still has a concussion thing going on. You never know with a concussion. It could last weeks. could last a week. You never know. Uh, but even if he isn't, his performance this last week has actually cemented himself in that pecking order. He's going to get looks and carries no matter if Roshan's back, if Khalil John or Herbert's back. He's going to get looks. He is that good. 
Next up, they play the Chargers, who are 19th against the run. Alex, your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, James, you have heard of this guy because last week I told you whatever running back you picked was bad. And I told everyone to pick up Deontay Foreman and then he scored 33 points. So just going to put that back out there, which is why I'm doubling down. Uh, Yeah. Everything you said about the Bears offense um, is true. They will be a run offense until they get an actual quarterback that throws the ball. It doesn't matter if Justin Fields is playing or not. That's just how they roll. Um, you know, and you'd love to see three catches out of the backfield too, for any running back. Um, obviously you can't expect him to score two touchdowns every week. That is unrealistic, but the RB one against a chargers defense, that is, uh, just like you said, mediocre at best. Um, you know, they average giving up a hundred rushing yards a game. So, um, yeah, Deontay Foreman looking good again, uh, for this week. Okay. And your thoughts. I, I think he's probably the 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 better pick than what I have because I mean it's you James you you know everything so anything that I say you don't want to listen anyway um, but I'm gonna say um, Amari Demarcado from for the uh, for the Cardinals um, James Conner's still out for another couple games I, I know you're kind of hoping that he remains the uh, the feature back um, you know that wasn't the case uh, week six but week seven um, is a little bit different uh, I don't love the pick but. And anytime a feature backs out, you want to see if you could pick up the next the, the next guy in line. And I mean, sometimes it's Dan Timbercato, so hopefully it is this week. He does have a really cool last name. I have to admit, that's, that's a cool. Last name. That that alone is worth the the fantasy the roster spot. Yeah, for some reason, it runs up like spirit of some kind. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> moving on, wide receiver Josh Downs, Indianapolis Colts, thirty four point five percent rostered, twenty three point five points against the Browns. Five receptions on six targets for 125 yards and a touchdown. This is his second appearance on my waiver wire picks. Like I said before, he has a really good relationship with Minshew, who is now the quarterback for the rest of the season. Since week five, this guy's gotten 20 targets and he's caught 16 of them. That's elite numbers for a, a, a wide receiver. He actually might be the wide receiver on his offense, and Michael Pittman's really bitching about it because he's like, I guess I'm not a part of this offense anymore. That's a quote he said today. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, uh, JT being JT is going to open up a lot more, a lot more of those passing lanes because he can run and you can't stack the box because if you stack the box, it, it's crazy. And so like, there's going to be a lot more passing opportunities and more lanes for Josh Jones to catch the ball. Tyler, your thoughts? Yeah. Josh Jones is a great pickup for whatever reason, you know, you, you, you got to respect those quarterback wide receiver, um, matchups that, that just, that just seem to gel super well. And I think with, um, Minshew and Downs, this is one of those. And I think for fantasy purposes, it's a, it's a really great pickup. You know, you mentioned last week, he, he went off for 23 and a half points, you know, uh, for the last five weeks, he's had 13 points or more. Um, I think that's a pretty consistent showing and a guy that you can trust picking up on, on, on the waiver wire to get you some, um, solid output there for your fantasy team. And your thoughts. My thoughts are. You pick up the best wide receiver or the top wide receiver on a team when all the other options have gone down to, to injury, even if your quarterback is Mac Jones. Hendrick Bourne is who you should be picking up, guys. Um, he is, he has gone two weeks now with over, uh, uh, 14 points. In fact, 19 points and 16 points respectfully in PPR. And that's against Las Vegas and this last week, Buffalo, who did not look great. You're up against Miami, who, you know, they're, they're not the best defensive team. Um, he is the number one receiver for Mac Jones. And I know that Mac Jones has issues. I'm not going to sit here and try to defend him. I'm not even a fan of his, but we already, we always know that 
there, there's always a, a, a guy that he's that a, a, any quarterback's going to go to. And it seems like Kendrick Bourne is that guy um, with Juju out for, you know, he's missed the past two games. I don't know where he's going to be, but uh, for, for the next while, Kendrick Bourne is your number one guy in, uh, in New England. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree. He is the number one guy. Even if Juju comes back, he can't separate from anybody else. Like he's just a bad wide receiver at this point in his career. <laughs> uh, moving on to tight end. <laughs> Our quarterback, running back, wide receiver, whatever. Taysom Hill, he's a do-it-all kind of guy, right? New Orleans Saints, 5.6% rostered, 16.8 points against the Jags. Four receptions with five targets for 50 yards. Also added five carries for 18 yards and a touchdown. It was honestly only a matter of time before I picked this guy to be my high end waiver wire guy. It's, it, it, it's going to happen. It's inevitable. Until like the what the... The waiver wire for tight ends gets so bare, and then I'm like, all right, I guess I'll pick Taysom Hill because he's sitting right there. And like, I try to stay away from him because he's super inconsistent. Who knows if he gets used one week or another? But these last two weeks, he's been killing it. He's had 29 plus points over the last two weeks. That's hard to dispute that productivity over a two week span. Dennis Allen, I think, is trying to get him more involved because uh, this offense sucks, plain and simple. Derek, Derek Carr, not cutting it. And I think that was Trayton's waiver wire pickup last week, not cutting it. And you got to bring in Taysom Hill to kind of get some stuff done, create some chaos there to get this offense to move a little bit more because nothing else is happening. There's no guarantee that he's going to get double digits, but I think there's a good chance he's going to finish as a top 10 tight end because tight ends just suck <laughs> overall. Anyway, Chayden, your thoughts? Yeah, I do have a quick question. What what would be a solid quarterback score for a waiver wire pickup? Uh, 18. Okay, so he missed by point six. Sorry, bad pick by point <laughs> by point fucking six. Jesus Christ, uh, Taysom Hill. Um, I, I look, he 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 dominated the the red zone. I mean, that's just what Taysom Hill does sometimes, <laughs> and uh, seems to be the case the last two weeks. Um, I gotta think that you know with this offense that does suck. Even though Derek Carr is getting three hundred yards per game in the last two games, but you know we don't talk about that um, because he sucks apparently, uh, and my picks suck. Um, <laughs> he's getting him to the red zone and, and Taysom Hill is, uh, and clearly when, when Derek Carr is getting enough, uh, getting enough yards and putting him in the red zone, Taysom Hill's there. And that's where he's going to continue to be. You're playing against, uh, Indy. I, I don't know about the matchup. I, I don't mind it. Uh, um, I think you have an opportunity to see another double digits, du- double digit game. Okay. I'll take back what I said about Taysom Hill or not Derek Carr sucking. My bad. He just misses big throws at very opportune. Yes, I will admit that. <laughs> yeah. And he makes his offense all out. And very important times. So for games, he sucks. For fantasy, not terrible. Alex, good thoughts. Yeah, I I do like that. Taysom Hill is just you just never know what what their what his usage is going to be, and that's always going to be the question mark. Um, somehow he'll he'll touch the ball twice next week just because we've talked about him because that's just how life works. Um, my suggestion to y'all: Dalton Kincaid, the tight end of the Buffalo Bills. Um, first of all, Josh Allen, better than Derek Carr. Done. Uh, number two, Dawson Knox, their number one tight end is out. He just had wrist surgery. So similar to what Traden was saying, go pick up the number one wide receiver on a on a good team. Go now pick up the number one tight end on a good team. So um, they're playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is a little tough because that defense is still decent. Um, you know, not their Super Bowl level decent good, but um, Dalton Kincaid is only 31% rostered. He went eight for eight in targets last week uh, and, you know, still scored 15 points, um, you know, averaged almost 10 yards per target too. So um, that's always, we like bigger numbers. 
on those targets. So, um, yeah, Dalton Kincaid, Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, my best friend. Yeah, I mean, I also love that pick too. Big numbers, big targets, always a good sign. Uh, Taysom Hill might get only touch the ball two times, but it might be two touchdowns. You never know. <laughs> That's my waiver segment. Thank you for listening. Thank you very much, James. Uh, we, you know, it, it, it's always a pleasure to to hear about your waiver wires every single week, um, and that you can give us the the fantasy results of showing that I suck at fantasy this year. Um, we're going to take another quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about the World Series matchup. It has not been decided yet, but has it? When we come back. <laughs> And they look defeated. The Phillies are, these Phillies look defeated. That's for sure. They look pissed off. They look very, very frustrated. Tyler, take it away. Yeah. So as we speak, the uh, Phillies are going to the bottom of ninth inning. They are down by two runs, the Arizona Diamondbacks in game seven of the NLCS. So we'll kind of be commenting and updating as we go along here in this segment. But um, that is potentially going to be a very dramatic moment coming up very soon here in Philadelphia. But um, we'll talk about the team that is for sure in the World Series, and that is the Texas Rangers. They were able to beat the Houston Astros in seven games. Um, They went down 3-2, one game six and seven on the road in Houston. Um, A very impressive series there by, by Texas. Um, you know, really just, you know, really one game, they really were not in it. Um, you know, that, that, that game five in in Texas kind of looked to be like a a potential series, um, shifting win for, for Houston, but credit to Texas, they came back and they, and and, and they won the series, um, that, that the, um, um, ALCS MVP, Adoles Garcia set a MLB record with, I believe was 15 runs batted in, in that series. Um, most that anyone's ever done. Um, and obviously with all the, all, all of the drama that happened there in, um, game five, he came back and he just, he talked with his play and, uh, he made that, the, 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 the Astros, um, 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 pay for all of that. So, um, James real quick, you know, I keep coming back to you about the Texas Rangers and, you know, you seem to be un- underestimating them a little bit. Here they are in the world series. Have you changed your mind yet about the Texas Rangers or are you still kind of eh on on them? Um, I mean, last week you asked me who was going to win in the series, and I said the Rangers were going to win. Unfortunately, because they are just that much better. I'm still a on them. I just, I, I don't like them, man. They're just, they're, I don't know. There's something I don't like about them, mainly because I think it's because at the beginning they weren't slated to do that good. They were like right. All of us thought they're going to be right there, neck and neck with the Angels of who's going to who's going to be that third or fourth spot right there in the AL West. And then they beat it out of the park, and that pissed me off because the Angels were nowhere close. Uh, so I think that's why the they truth comes out. Uh, <laughs> but the, I mean, honestly, like the fact of the matter is, they're playing great when they need to play great, and they're stepping up big when they need to step up big, and they're having timely hits when they need to, and they're the pitching is doing fantastic, and they're step, it's everything's happening at the right time for them, and they're continuing that moving forward. There is not a moment that's too big for them. They're just doing their thing, and they're playing the same baseball they've been playing all season long. Plain and simple. Nothing's changed with them. They're doing the same exact thing just in the playoffs, which is impressive. Absolutely. I mean, the Rangers have put together a a, a, a fantastic run. Um, you just you just can't deny. I think with 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 the pitching being done doing as well as it has, especially late in games. I mean, they really had that that only that only that one game there in Game Five where they you know kind of let up a uh, a lead late. They've done a really great job. Um, 
you know, Trayden, I want to talk to you a little bit about Adol Garcia. Obviously, all of the drama that happened there with him getting hit by a pitch and, you know, ca- causing a little bit of a benches clearing scrum there. You know, just thoughts on on this guy who, you know, story great, you know, ca- you know, came, came from Cuba, played professionally in Japan for a long time, um, you know, is kind of really getting his breakout moment here um, and has set a, a major league record, you know. So I think, you know, thoughts on just his story and the uh, Texas Rangers and everything as they, you know, kind of lead, lead up here to the World Series. Yeah, I mean, to, to see a guy like this come, you know, come on and and do what he's done, especially in a series, um, is is nothing short of 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 a great story. I mean, um, you know, I, I I know I know that you know it created some some drama that 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 whole incident, but hitting the grand slam to uh, you know hitting the grand slam in a key game that's that's huge. Uh, this th- he's kind of the imp- epitome of this whole whole team. I mean, this whole team's. standing up to the plate or whatever position that they need to. And, and they're, they're killing it. They're doing everything right at the right time. Just like, uh, just like Garcia um, has. And, and like James said, it's timely hitting and his timely hits have, uh, have pretty much solidified that, um, you know, solidified that series. Uh, And I don't know who can stop them. I mean, I, I guess, I guess the other team that we're going to be talking about looks pretty good too. And they're, they're kind of doing the same shit at the right time. But, um, you know, th- this Rangers team, I, I, I actually am going to take a little bit different take in James in that we did think that they weren't going to be great, but here they are. I mean, I love their story. I think that they start, I, mean, I remember they started out strong and then it was a question mark if they were going to stay, they were just good enough to, to stick in the playoffs. Um, and they beat the fucking Houston Astros guys. And the crazy part of it, and the crazy part about the whole series, home field advantage did not exist. Every away fucking team won in that series, which is like mind blowing. Um, but it, it's just amazing to see Texas, um, you know, do what they did against, uh, you know, I, I, who who they play before. Um, uh, I, f- I forget who they who they matched up against before, but um, Baltimore took, took, yeah, Baltimore, the number one team in the in the AL. Uh, then turn around and take down the the monster that is the Houston Astros. Everything's working for them, and Garcia's right up there. Um, and we should expect to see another lightning performance from this team. Um, you know, in the most important series of the entire baseball year. Absolutely, it's a great story. Um, currently, as I'm about to say this, the uh, Diamondbacks are one strike away from going to the World Series. Foul ball. Okay, so we're, we're we're monitoring that as it's happening, but uh, yeah, Phillies are down to their, their last strike currently. But Alex, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it over to you. You know, just um, thoughts on that um, Rangers Astros series. You know, I think it's one of those things as a baseball fan that you know you just love to see a series go to seven. It was filled with drama, filled with so many things as, as a baseball fan that you love. What was kind of the the, the takeaways from that series? And um, you know, thought obviously it's the same thing. Thoughts on on, on the Rangers going to the World Series. Yeah. Um, sorry, I think, yeah. Uh, the Rangers just matched. That's what they did. Um, that's what they did all season. And it was, you know, we came into it going, all right, DeGrom, Ivaldi, Perez, John Gray, yada, yada, yada. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, just to interrupt you, but the Dimebacks just 
uh, one. So they are going to the World Series. Huge congratulations to Dimebacks. And that's great timing. Um, once Alex finishes his thought, we will segue right into the uh, nationally representative for the World Series. But congrats to the Arizona Dimebacks. Crazy, crazy upset there. But Alex, uh, please please continue your thought. Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Rangers mashed. Um, I, I am really, really impressed that they were able to rally after that Game 5 defeat. I mean, they were almost up 3-2. Going, you know, then going back to Houston, obviously Jose Altuve hits that three run homer and you're like, oh my God, like, of course the Astros are going to do this again. Um, and then that game six was really, really close until Garcia just decided to absolutely fucking mash. And then game seven as Traden, I think mentioned in our group that it's going to be over in the top of the first inning. And he was right. It was pretty much over after that. So shout out Traden on that one. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the Rangers just, they hit a lot and they did just enough on the pitching side. Um, and on the Astros side, I mentioned it last week, Kyle Tucker was pretty much a no-show. Um, Jordan Alvarez is the best hitter in baseball and the rest of the team just wasn't quite enough. Um, I mean, I'm not too upset about it, but would it surprise any of us if the Astros are in the ALCS again next year? No. It would not. Um, not at all, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a great story coming out there from the American league. Um, so let's shift over. As we said, we just got, um, this game just finished. The Arizona diamondbacks are going to the world series. This was not a team that anyone would expect to make the postseason, much less be in this position. And I mean, I'm still kind of just speechless of, of what we just witnessed here. Um, but, but James, you know, I mean, what a great story this diamondbacks team is. And you got to respect the the grit and the refusal to back down from a Phillies team that seemingly seemed unbeatable in the postseason, especially at home. And they were down, you know, um, um, three games to two, going back to Philly. Kind of seemed like an impossible little climb, but yet here they are. You know, just thoughts on the Arizona Diamondbacks right now. I I like their story. Okay. And it's a it's almost the same exact story as the Rangers, except now we're in the NL. And the Angels aren't in the NL, so now I like. (laughs) (laughs) There you are, folks. Um, I'd also, sorry, Alex, but I'd like to point out that that one time that Tyler wasn't here and then Alex hosted for baseball, he was like, oh, yeah, man, I think the Diamondbacks are dead. And here they are going to the World Series. did say I was wrong about that like five weeks ago. <laughs> I'd like to bring it back because I need a win over you. You're salty. You're just yeah. salty. <laughs> I am so salty that you destroyed me in every single sport ever. <laughs> but uh, to talk about this team itself, um, last week you talked about this and you asked me the question about what do the Diamondbacks need to do to be competitive? They had just gone down 0-2 to the Phillies and I was like, they need to get more base runners, create chaos because that's what they had to do in the season. And that's what they did. When they got on base more than the Phillies did, they won the game. And I get that's simple, right? But that's not always the case. If you get on base more, you have to finish and do stuff with it. They did that. Not every single time that a team gets on base more than the opposing team, they win. But here in this series, it did. When the Diamondbacks get on base, they're dangerous. They create havoc. They create chaos. They make the catcher and the, and the pitcher second-guess themselves on what they're going to do. That's what you need. And they might continue to do that. And it, it doesn't matter if it's going to be a, a single, a double, a triple, or a walk. If they get on base and they're going to continue to do so, this gets interesting. And the fun fact about this too is that this is a young, up-and-coming team. Last year when we talked about the Phillies, they weren't that young. You had these guys who were established vets who are very good. Here, 
you don't really have those established vets. You have Kel Marte and all these young guys. So it's going to be really cool to see this team actually grow because this team has the potential to grow even further and be better next year. And like in the Phillies case, they hit that plateau last year and they got marginally better. But in, in this Diamondbacks team, next year you can see this explosion of talent and they're just getting better and better and better because they are so young and have so much untapped potential. This team's going to be fun to watch. Absolutely. I mean, it. It's. I think everyone's starting to kind of catch on um, to how good this Arizona Diamondbacks team can be, and they're playing. They're playing very well. Um, trading the the Diamondbacks manager uh, Tori Lovello. Uh, he had a quote the other day, and I'm paraphrasing here, but basically saying how he was tired of the narrative that they're lucky to be here, and they want to prove everyone that 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 they belong here. You know, obviously that they they have proved that to this point. You know, how do you like them against, you know, or rolling into this World Series against the uh, Texas Rangers? I, I like them as much. I mean, guys, I don't even have a favorite of who I want to win. I I, I am just, expo- I'm excited for both stories. I think both stories are exactly what Manfred was trying to do when he expanded the playoff. Um, I know it sucks for you Dodgers fans who, at the end of the day, I'm going to be honest, deserve more based on your regular season. That's true. But but the <clears throat> expanding the expanding the play, I mean, I think what a year ago or two years ago or whatever, Arizona's not even in the playoffs here. They're done. And so the, the, an opportunity for them to come in and show why the, the, the playoffs are expanded. This is why this, they had a negative run differential and I had a bit, I have had a big issue with negative run differentials all season. And you you remember that Tyler, this team's proving it wrong. And they, and they, and they, they are, they're, they're scoring and playing you know playoff baseball when it matters most going into going into the playoffs now i i can't i don't know who you know i don't know if the only team that i think could maybe you know dismantle them are the rangers because they've dismantled some of the best teams as well but um i i do like them i i, I do like them and guys if i was a if i'm a dodgers fan i'm a little bit worried because the i think the nl west might be become murderer's row here. I mean, we're seeing the Dodgers are going to be the Dodgers. Arizona's young guys. Arizona is like it's not like it's not like they are they just assembled a, a team of superstars and and they're here. They're young and they're hungry, and that's a that's a worry. San Diego is not that bad. San Francisco, I don't know where where we are with San Francisco, but th- those three teams are that's murderer's row, guys. Like it, I, I think you guys are going to have a little bit more uh, harder competition going forward, especially if if Arizona has a World Series behind its belt on its belt um, for the first time since two thousand one. So I, I like it. I just love the matchup. The matchup's so fun. Absolutely. Um, yeah, the, I think the Dodgers could use the competition, to be honest with you, because they clearly don't they don't know how to play competition when it matters. But um, that's a that's a that's a topic for another day. But um, Alex, the the Diamondbacks, man, like again, I think it's for me, it's still kind of just it's hard to fathom, you know, how they got here, how they were able to how they were able to make this happen. But it just seems like this Diamondbacks team is kind of one of those those groups that you just it's really easy to root for because it's kind of just it's not like it's one single guy carrying this group. It seems like nine and nine out. There's a there's a different hero. Obviously, Cattell Marte has had you know an incredible um postseason run Corbin Carroll they, they, they have those dudes you know but the pitching has it seems like every guy coming out of the bullpen steps up um you know it, it, it's just really fun to watch um you know as a Dodgers fan you got to appreciate at least the the, the 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 team that knocked him out is the team that you know is going to the World Series but kind of looking you know just thoughts on the Diamondbacks and looking forward to this World Series you know c- c- uh, kind of your thoughts on this 
Yeah, I mean, the Dimebacks and the Rangers, very similar paths. Um, two years ago, three years ago, 100 loss teams. Um, both teams this year kind of squeak into the playoffs a little bit. You know, the Rangers obviously go through the Rays, the Orioles, and the Astros. I'm not sure there's a harder gauntlet of teams to go through in the playoffs. And then, you know, the the D-backs destroy the Brewers, destroy the Dodgers, and then beat the Phillies, who I don't think any of us gave them a chance. Both of those teams won game six and seven on the road after being down to win their win that those respective um you know series which i can't tell you the last time that's happened in both of them that is incredible um but yeah and then trading's right like these the d-backs are young other than evan longoria like they're pretty young um and they should be around for a long time to come they flat out just they got timely hitting. They pitched well enough. That bullpen has been really, really incredible. Um, and it's kind of the same thing with the Rangers. Like two really good starting pitching, starting pitchers on both teams. Kind of a third one. No idea on the fourth one. And then the bullpens are, you know, they're young and a little curious, and they've both done a very good job. Um I think my favorite part is Christopher Russo said he would retire if the D-backs won tonight. And so I hope you sign your retirement letter because you are fucking annoying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, dude, shout out to the D-backs. They came in and they did it. And that's kind of the beauty of baseball is any team can win it. Um, you know, yes, this team realistically with the, you know, the uh, regular season they had probably should not have been a playoff team. Well, they proved us all wrong. Here they are in the World Series. Um, and James, for as you are our degenerate gambler, if anyone had put money on the Rangers D-backs as the World <laughs> Series matchup at the beginning of the year, you are a wealthy human being right now. Probably the wealthiest. Um, but I also agree. I think, you know, Christopher Russo, I agree with that statement. I uh, hope he leaves and I hope he sticks to his word because no one, I, mean, I don't know. I'm sure, I guess some people like you because you've been on that show for years, but I, yeah, that's a whole other thing. But um, yeah, uh, Rangers, Dimebacks, World Series, pretty insane. Um, we, it, it's just one of those things you just got to love and appreciate about October baseball. But let's go around the horn real quick. Uh, who wins in how many games? James, what do you got? D-backs, six. Trading. Oh, man. Um, I'm, I'm going to say Rangers in seven. All right, Alex. Oh... I'm going to say D-backs in seven. Ooh, damn, I like it. I'm going to go Rangers in six. I like that we're split on this, and I like that we got a little bit of, you know, it's it's going to be a, a super fun uh, World Series. Um, you know, uh, you know, look, look out for my World Series preview where I can kind of get a little bit more detail because obviously we just learned about this like 10 minutes ago. Um, but that was fun. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the little kind of a, a little bit of a live breaking news uh, MLB segment. But World Series... Rangers, Diamondbacks. Hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, the last, the last few baseball games we'll 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 have for a while. So hopefully you guys take those in and enjoy it. It should be a great fall classic as usual. But trade, that's what I got for MLB. I love it. It sounds like the the both teams are going to have a, a couple of days off. Uh, it starts Saturday, uh, and we'll be through Game Three on Tuesday. So um, you know, we'll see who you know, we'll see a little bit. We'll get a nice couple more weeks of baseball uh, for you, Tyler. So, so that's good. Um, thank you guys very much. That's all we have for episode 171. Um, next, ne next week, we're going to be, you know, talking more 
talking more football, talking baseball, and we're going to be talking hockey. It sounds like, cause Alex is going to um, take over. So, uh, um, you know, we, we really enjoy, you, you know, your guys's, uh, ears on this podcast every single week. Um, we hope you guys have a great one and remember as always to pay it forward.